welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Black Tickets Podcast, where black culture meets the world of technology. I'm your host, David, and you can follow me on Twitter, at Packet Stiller. I'm joined once again by the black Tony Stark himself, Herbert Seward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, young T'Challa, Dominique <laughs> Bat. There we go. I got it right this time. <laughs> All right. So uh, b- before we start, I want to give a shout out to our listeners you know, obviously in the in the United States, but we have some some international listeners from Spain, Sweden, United Kingdom, Saudi Arabia, Kenya, Romania, Australia. That we, we have folks all over: India, Switzerland, Hungary. If you're in Hungary, like like seriously, hit me up. <laughs> I kind of want to. I kind of want to hear want to hear from you all, but but yeah, m- much appreciated to those who are listening from around the world. We really appreciate it. Uh, and it's kind of humbling to know that, you know, there are people all the way in Romania who, you know, who feel the need to listen to the Black Techies podcast. So appreciate it. <laughs> uh, but uh, starting off, we're trying we're trying to keep this like somewhat structured. So we're going to we're going to start with the news. So at least for right now. Um, so apparently uh, AT&T is increasing the prices for DirecTV Now, and Netflix is, once again, increasing their prices. And so, uh, it's not by much. So, I think DirecTV Now is increasing all their prices by $10 a month. Well, okay, that is kind of significant. Uh, and they're yeah. also they're, they're, <laughs> they're also consolidating their plans from five to two plans. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. And then Netflix... Yep. It's basically raising everything by like a dollar or two dollars. Uh, they say it's to pay for like all their shows, like Stranger Things and all that kind of stuff. Which, to be fair, is pretty good. And I'm psyched about Stranger Things uh, season three, I believe. So, yeah. You know what you all think about that? Well, um, I kind of saw it coming, uh, simply because you know the popularity of the streaming platforms now and the growing popularity of a la carte television in general. Um, I'm still kind of, I'm really salty about DirecTV pulling that against us now because the five plans was really a good breakdown in terms of folks just finding their sweet spot in terms of what they want to watch, what they don't want to watch, and not necessarily having to feel like that they have that they're paying a cable bill. Uh, and unfortunately, them consolidating, you know, five plans into two um, is starting to go that direction. Unless you're an AT&T customer and you can um, kind of, you know, uh, kind of cash in on some of the discounted things that comes with membership for with some of AT&T services. Um, I think ultimately, though, uh, in the bigger scheme of things, it's it's not really going to impact the streaming wars much because there's still so many people that are making that jump from having full-fledged cable service to just going a la carte and just going with one of the major streaming services, you know, to get their cable experience. That um, you know, folks are. You know, folks are giving it a side eye now, but ultimately, uh, they're like, eh, in the bigger scheme of things, it's good. Because um, 
you know, it's still a far cry from having to deal with customer service for Xfinity or Cox or Spectrum or whatever region of the country you're in, you know, the, the nightmare of dealing with some cable services in general. I'm already, so, I'm already uh, not looking forward to that because right now we're, we're in the midst of trying to buy a home. And if we do move and, then, and, and they don't have files, then they're going to have to cancel. Now, granted, in our contract, it does say that if we move to somewhere that doesn't have files, then we can just terminate it without paying the, yeah. the, the fees. But still, like, even if they do have files, like, once our contract is up, I plan on canceling our our cable and our uh, phone line since we never use it anyway, that stupid triple play plan they have, but <laughs> yeah. uh, just having the, having the internet, but you know, they're going to fight me tooth and nail <laughs> over that. Oh, uh, well, sir, why, why do you want to cancel your, your cable? I, I just want the internet. Well, sir, hey, is it? Uh, oh yeah, man, yeah, dude, right I, dude, I just, I quite literally just went through this with, you know, getting my mom to cut the cord. And setting her up with a with a streaming service, she wanted to go with YouTube Television, and it, it, it's hilarious, man, because uh, Comcast or Xfinity, wherever you're at, uh, it was just like they were going through an it was like a just a really bad soap opera in terms of you know it, stopping the service and and then having to listen to the whole spiel of trying to reel you back in, and I was just like, no. Um, I'm speaking on behalf of, you know, my mom who had this service. Uh, customer service is horrible. You guys are trash. Um, <laughs> if you can't, if you can't give us a, if you can't give us a comparable internet-only solution, we'll go to another service provider. And that's what you, you know, and really that's what you have to do. Um, now, for our area, you know, if you, for those listening that live in the D.C. metro area, the one good thing about Verizon is that they were forward-thinking enough to have internet-only packages that are, one, very cap-friendly, meaning that they don't cap your data. Um, and two, uh, they're starting to catch on that, okay, well, as long as you have um, internet-only plans that are very comparable that people can afford, um, they retain this on some level. Um, Comcast, Cox, and some of these other folks that are in the area haven't figured that out yet. And they're paying the price for it because folks are really, really, really fed up in terms of just dealing with the entire process of, um, you know, price hikes, hidden fees, the whole nine. So, If you ask um, me, streaming is just going to become the new the new cable like that's what you're seeing you're seeing everybody realize oh we got them now let's knock it up a couple bucks oh we got them now what wouldn't you pay like how much is too much for netflix you know what i'm saying as as ingrained as it is like i i don't think i'd stop if it went up to 25 bucks they'd have to throw in a few more screens or something so i can you know add somebody else or something but you know what i'm saying like they got us and once any corporation has you they start raising prices on you. That's just the nature of capitalism. It's the nature of publicly traded companies being uh, responsible to their shareholders more than they are to their customers. Um, so I don't know. Well, I, I just, think, yeah, go ahead. I, th- I think you're definitely right to an extent. Um, it's definitely the lesser of two evils. In this case, it's a lot lesser <laughs> than two evils. And yeah, they're um, just younger. But, yeah, but I think um, ultimately how 
how this industry morphs is going to depend on um, how ISPs are held accountable because what, you know, what that is going to hinge on, particularly that's what, this is where net neutrality and those rules really come into play at because they really, having those rules in place um, really keeps levels to playing field in terms of competitions for ISPs. So if, you know, in terms of consumers, so if, but, you know. Uh, net neutrality I mean, was in place for like 10 years before uh, uh, Cheeto got in the office and it still was only one, maybe two uh, ISPs for any, for like 90% of the country has less than two choices and really only one viable choice, you know what well, I mean, for, for, for broadband, internet, and cable. Well, I think the bigger, the bigger picture here um, in terms of that, and you're correct, by the way, um, I think the bigger um, picture here is, you know, ISPs that are in that position being able to selectively, you know, curtail or, or yeah, throttle, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, services zero, to... Zero rating their own services while, while, while also, you know, throttling or, uh, you know, other people's services to, you know, incentivize you to join them or... Yeah, I mean, yeah. I agree. Right. I yeah. feel like competition breeds innovation and competition also drives down price. So I think as, you know... Policies, you know, certain certain uh, liberal candidates are looking at breaking up monopolies, and all, if you make it so that there's more companies, then everybody's gonna have to bring their prices to a medium. I, I think it's possible that internet TV right now is priced a little low, and cable TV is definitely priced way high. Oh yeah, and I think, so, but I also think come to a medium. Yeah, but I also think you know. Um, yeah, they they'll probably come to a they'll probably come to a bouncing point uh, for a period of time, um, and I think that all that's also contingent upon how you know the evolution of a la carte you know entertainment or content happens uh, because right now I mean we've seen one really big giant leap in terms of you know, the services that offer packages, you know, uh, not only for services that offer packages, but services that, you know, run their own studios that form their own partnerships with Hollywood and other entities that produce content. So it's, it's going to really be interesting to see how those relationships develop, you know, when, as this progresses, because... The ES, as long as you've got live sports, you know, live news, there's always going to be a medium for um, cable services to m not necessarily monopolize, but to have a big piece of the pie in terms of that game. Um, it's the YouTube it's the, figured it out. YouTube's got yeah. live everything. Oh, yeah. And that's the and like I said, I think YouTube is a really good balance, in my opinion. Yeah, um, all they're missing is Viacom. If they have Viacom. I'd, that'd be the perfect service, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and um, you know, like I said, I'm you know doing it, you know, doing the setup for my mom over this weekend, uh, this past weekend rather, uh, was eye-opening because it was just like, okay, wow, you know, and the pa the the channel packages are perfect. The the um, the the other accessories and amenities that the service offers in terms of unlimited cloud DVR and stuff like that are really really good. And on top of that, it's very user intuitive for um, for folks that aren't 
tech savvy. So it's um, it's a really it's a really good service to me. It's probably it's arguably the best service out there in terms of um, in terms of balance. Um, I mean, you got PlayStation View in terms of the higher end services that that they offer. Direct TV now was the, was the best deal in town until AT and T, you know, rose decided the prices. To, yeah, decided to get a case in the ass and and raise prices. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that's the good thing about you know the streaming wars right now is because that there are a lot of competitors out there. Well, the, and the, that's the, the thing that I kind of like though. Uh, I mean, outside of the fact that there are, you know, there are a lot of people in that space is that like, so right now with traditional cable or even traditional Internet, if you have Verizon, like you have to like rent their cable box. You got to rent their router if you're on Verizon. Well, actually, I think if you if you just have their Internet, then you then you can use your own router. But if you have their cable, then you have to use their router, I believe. But yeah. but like the the thing is though with the other services all you need is either an Apple TV a Roku and or an Amazon Fire Fire Stick like that's it and so like th- that means that that cuts costs as far as renting that cuts costs as far as far as like you can if you wanted to switch to a different service let's say you're like say you're like you know I don't want to be on Direct TV now I want to try PlayStation View you can in five minutes you can literally cut Direct TV. And turn on PlayStation View and, and on the same device. It doesn't even require you to switch to get to order a new to order a new device or anything like that. So the fact that there is, uh, and I'm hoping it stays that way. I mean, uh, now I think uh, Dominique was talking about the whole zero rating thing. So like, if Verizon ever came out with their own streaming service, they could easily just zero rate the thing over FiOS. But if you don't have FiOS, it's going to use whatever data cap use up whatever data cap you have on your ISP. So that's the only thing yeah. I'm kind of wary and about. <laughs> and again, you know, we, we go back to net neutrality in terms of how how those policies affect scenarios like that. Like, you know, companies zero rate, you know, just tanking their own ratings in order to, you know, create an environment where they can, they can cap data or they can, you know, turn that uncapped, uh, premiums, uncapped service that used to be open for everybody that had the service into some premium service that you have to pay for extra. So it that's one of the things, that's one of the reasons why, you know, the continued fight for it is really important. Um, particularly in terms of of content, in terms of, you know, just streaming everything that has to deal with the usage of data. And its limitations on service providers so um yeah i I tend to agree you know it's uh one of the cool things about being able to you know cut the cord and to go with one of these services that you can you can use your own hardware you know it doesn't have to be a rogue just have to be a roku stick or you know somebody jailbreaking a, a fire tv although if you do so if you're listening out there um you know, the next time you update your Fire TV stick or whatever, um, yeah, that stuff goes bye-bye. But and you'll have to start over again. But um, it, that sort of thing, you know, to have that type of control and not have to pay that extra cost, and to have that flexibility to kind of set up your viewing experience the way you want, 
you know, is exactly why the services are set up the way they are. And that's what's cool about them, you know. Um, I'm hoping that once uh, that... So so I was saying, you know, with the, with the different services, as long as you have any variety of, of, of streaming devices, you can basically switch between them. And so the thing is, when... Uh, the last episode was it the last episode or the one before we talked about uh five G I think, and yeah. so like with hopefully you talking about the thing AT and T already has. <laughs> that's right, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's right. That five G E that's slower than four than LTE, but uh, <laughs> from what I heard, five G is not about yeah. speed; it's about an attitude. Right, basically. <laughs> so like it's with a, with it's a state of mind. A state of mind. Five G is a state of mind. Uh, and, and, it needs to be a state of speed. That's what it needs. But uh, yeah, exactly. But, uh, so like with with five G kind of prolif well proliferating in the future, I I wonder if because uh, Verizon already has like a home broadband. Well, they have a home broadband like five G connection, but that they're using their proprietary five G. But uh, I think some of the other uh, companies are trying to roll out like broadband like five G, like replacing your cable internet with the wireless internet using cellular and I, I don't know i just wonder if like if that's the way to go like that actually i feel like that actually brings more competition when it comes to broadband because you both know when it comes to like competition and broadband there is no competition because if you live somewhere where you only have files or you only have cox or, or you only have comcast then like you're kind of forced to use them but if there's like yeah. if 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 they're forced to compete in the air now you know now all of a sudden you have a choice as far as who to go with as far as broadband internet but that that also presupposes i don't know that uh that is actually stable that is stable and good what's that what's that about man (laughs) (laughs) man Uh, i'm trying to use all these four dollar words yeah man but um yeah I, i agree with you it's um it's going to be really interesting to see how how these services and their you know the tug of war between those services and regular cable TV is going to morph you know once the infrastructure gets to the point um, gets to a, a tipping point so to speak because you know in the Midwest you know you still got places in the Midwest and the Pacific Northwest. Um, in certain places in the Southwest where, you know, none of those things are, are viable. And you have, you know, stuff like DirecTV, the satellite service, or you have, um, you know, any number of, of satellite-based um, uh, content and service providers like HughesNet, things like that. And, Nobody uh, tell them to live out in the boonies. Well, and, <laughs> yeah, you're right. But <laughs> ain't nobody ever rejected you to move to a city. Ain't nobody ever said, "Oh, we all full up here, boss." But I think that that ultimately is going to be the challenge of newer technologies in terms of five G, in terms of um, newer infrastructure um, to accommodate those areas, because ultimately that's going to, um, from you know, a bigger picture, that's going to really even out our our profile in terms of how we consume data and more importantly, you know, how we, the more, you know, how we become a little bit more interconnected. 
not that we aren't already extremely interconnected um, in terms of the web, but you know, um, the quality of internet experience is a little bit better if you're on the east or the west coast, or if you're in a in a hub like Chicago or LA or or you know Seattle or DC or Charlotte, um, or, or Atlanta. I mean, it's that's just the, the reality, and you know. 5G technology has the potential to, you know, erase that boundary. So that's the, I think that's the end, that's the start of the end game there. Uh, uh, speaking of end game. You caught what I did there, right? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> right, speaking of end game, so. We got we to gotta add a new AKA for him, man. That's a Herb the Segway God. I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, before we before we, we we move on to that, have you both seen Captain Marvel? Yes. Yes. All right. All right. Good. All right. So I can spoil it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so write the time down so you can put it in the description. So if anybody hasn't seen it, they can skip. Right. Actually, yeah, that's a good idea. So we're pro- probably going to spoil Captain Marvel if you have not seen it. So. Go However, it. Comma, it has been out for like two months, so get your life together. Yeah, so. for real, man. If you're complaining about this in the comment section after the podcast, kick rocks, please, <laughs> and go go see the movie. And still subscribe yeah. to the podcast. There you go. But thank, thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, so the the latest trailer, I, I think they called it a teaser. Tra- I don't know what they called it, called it, or a special look or something like that. But so a new trailer just came out for Avengers Endgame, and it showed a bunch of stuff. <laughs> A bunch of uh they were flying in a spaceship and all that kind of stuff so uh, a trailer aside <laughs> i think the ticket sales like broke the websites for some of the uh <laughs> for some of the uh the the ticket sales i don't know some of the websites got got they crashed or something from everyone trying to buy tickets at the same time were you all first of all did you all already buy tickets working uh, on it I'm bu- trying to yeah, get it I'm with buying- friends yeah, I am buying tickets on Friday, the fir- at the very first opportunity. Um, even if I have to, even if I have to walk across the street to movie theater to buy them <laughs> uh, from my job, then that's what I do. But um, yeah, it's a this whole this whole uh, you know slow build up to the release of the movie in terms of trailers. And in terms of the Easter eggs and the and the breakdowns of trailers that are all over the web now is, I mean, it's simply, it's incredible. It's incredible the anticipation that is coming for the movie. Um, being a comic book head, you know, being a Marvel Universe head, um, it's really cool to see. Um, and it's cool to see how... Um, the brain trust, you know, that's over the MCU is from phase one to an end. And, you know, it's opened up a lot of really interesting conjecture as to um, what we're going to see after the dust settles with Endgame. You know, and I, I think that's ultimately what that trailer is about. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we all have that forbidden, foreboding feeling that, you know, you got certain members of the, of the squad that, that are going to take that dirt nap and they're not coming back. You know that. I have no so, idea how they're going to do this. I mean, because, like, if you go through if you go through the trailers, you'll see different discrepancies 
with like the some of the characters. Like most notably it was uh, Black Widow. So like she'll have different hairstyles in different scenes. And so some people think that's either like time travel or like I don't know or that's like a different version of her. So like we have I have no idea how this is going to happen. Like they might yeah. I don't know. All right, you all have any have any uh theories as to what's going to happen? I have a bad theory. Um I'm pretty sure that there's going to be some kind of uh time stone like not time stone um Space, what soul stone like i think the dusty dudes uh that's what i call <laughs> all the uh, superheroes that went dusty the dusty um, dudes. i think the dusty dudes are gonna um have like a, their own adventure because they're alive yeah probably so, I, I, I mean think, that's, um, that's only really that's all i got it's just that them dudes are gonna be alive in this movie and they're gonna have some kind of their own like adventure well, well, I'm a pre- I'm a preface what I'm about to say by really pointing out that uh, the directors of you know all of the MCU movies to this point have become really adept at at looking at comic book canning and meshing a number of storylines together and tailoring them to create their own customized um, picture of the MCU universe of the cinematic universe. So with that in mind, I'm just going to kind of put this out there. You're going to have, you're definitely going to have involvement from the quantum realm. Um, if you looked at the trailers up until this point, uh, you know, it's kind of easy to surmise that Scott Lang, um, you know, somehow escapes the quantum realm after Jane Van Dyne and the rest of her crew got dusted while he was inside in the, in the van. Um, he figures his way out. Okay. Um, the first, the second thing that really that's something that happened in Ant Man and Wasp. I might need to rewatch that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was one, that was yeah. the end credit scene. Yeah, that's the end credit scene. So, the next big thing that that kind of jumps out to me is that you know that desperation call that Tony Stark is is having, you know, drifting in space, um, in uh, in Star Lord's old, you know, old getup. Um, you know that's not the end time, obviously, because he has to. You know him and him and this girl Nebula are going to make it back to Earth. Uh, if you look at the trailers, um, you know you see them in different scenes together on Earth, back on a repaired. You know on Peter Quinn, uh, Peter Quill's repaired ship. And well, you can you know that uh, Tony Stark's making it back just because Doctor Strange wouldn't have gave up the stone if it wasn't for right. uh, Tony playing a hell of a role. Yeah, and um, there, I think, I mean, I think there's going to be um, an aspect of time travel to a degree, but I also think that before you get to that point in the movie, you're going to see, very early in the movie, you're going to see um, a face-off with the remaining Avengers and Thanos. Um, that is kind of what is... Sans Captain care. Marvel or with Captain Marvel? Um, sans Captain Marvel. I think that's going to happen. Um, well, actually, it's hard to say because you can, you know, like I said, in the final trailer, you can see the whole crew together on the spaceship. Um, Captain Marvel's piloting along with Tony. So she's definitely there. But the question is, is whether or not um, 
she's, you know, what part she's going to play. Um, I think the one thing that we can establish is that she's, you know, she's the big cannon. Her and Thor are, are essentially the big guns uh, that's going to be part of that crew. Um, but how that is going to work in terms of reversing the effects of the snap, we don't know yet. We don't know if if this is something where they're going to be have to go into the quantum realm and, and hit some of those time vortexes to go back in time, or if it's going to be one of those things where they try to recharge the stones. Because of you know in the in the comic that was, you know that was one that was part of the. Um, that was part of the the part of the storyline in terms of canon. So it, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play some of this. So you think the Infinity Stones have been used up? Well, they have been. You saw the gauntlet was broken. Right. Well, I mean, I mean, does that mean that the stones themselves were like not working though? Uh, they're spent. Well, according to the comic books, they're spent. Uh, right. Who knows how they're going to do it for the movie? They didn't necessarily confirm that one way or the other. One can surmise based on Thanos's, um, um, you know, demeanor at the end that you know it's all, it's all, all over now, about yeah. used up. Uh, but that could just be him that's used up and not the stone. So they could play it however they want to. They left themselves room for wiggle. Yeah, and I think the I think the third thing, at least to me, that stands out is that. Um, They've left a lot, a lot open in terms of not only depicting Thanos uh, getting his, but introducing the next big villain um, that's going to kind of dominate um, the early st- early parts of Phase Two. And um, I think, as a side note for that, I think the fact that they're ending Phase Two this way, and you know, we know that there are going to be certain characters that. Um, or rather certain personalities that play these characters that aren't going to be back in the same capacity. It's going to be really interesting to see how they go forward with certain characters. Like, for example, Captain America, the most obvious are Captain America and Iron Man, because, you know, um, there's been a lot of very accurate observation as to, um, as to, okay, who's ringing, bro? Man, I'm sorry, my daddy calling me. <laughs> um, hey, baby, uh, we're doing a uh, podcast, all right? Like, your daddy chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is called fatherhood, right here. <laughs> yes, sir. Welcome to the club, champ. Welcome to the club. Right. But um, yeah, I think it's going to not only um give us a really um give us a really quick glimpse as to how they're going to transition from the Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans era of playing the two most visible characters um, in the Avengers in the Avengers franchise, save Thor and the Hulk. Um, I wonder if they're going to do what the comic books did, because in the yeah. comic books, it's Anthony Mackie and some new black girl, probably Zazie Beetz, based on every other movie that's come out about a comic book. She's the black girl for comic book movies. Yeah, I was thinking that too with her, but um, I mean, so they... so I saw uh, I saw your Facebook status, and you were like, they might try to set up uh, uh, what's her face, uh, Proton. Yeah, 
um, spectrum, proton spectrum, uh, aka the black the black Captain Marvel. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, that's I think that was kind of where I was leading to was that it, this gives the the directors of the MCU a very wide um, wide path to really introduce new characters, to introduce. Um, not necessarily new characters to folks that are familiar with Marvel Comics, but new characters in terms of their place in the cinematic universe that may not be as mainstream um, as the you know the, the main lineup of the, of the Avengers to the casual viewer. Um, one you know the two people well Dave just mentioned one uh, that um, and that was uh, Monica Rambo who if anybody that's seen Captain Marvel um, yes this is a spoiler um, so if you haven't seen it well I'm not going to tell you to kick rocks already did that but go see the movie um, essentially they, they're they really slick in terms of in terms of really low key introducing that character um, in the Captain Marvel origin story and again that, the origin story of the movie was another really good example of of the MCU directors melding, you know, multiple storylines from, you know, from scroll, you know, pre-scroll conflict from, you know, uh, the original Captain Marvel comics and Carol Danvers' origin story into one, um, one, you know, uh, dummies list for origin stories for Marvel into a movie, and it and it, they did a good job of it. Um, <clears throat> Essentially, this is you know they this is going to give them an opportunity to introduce new ter- new characters, and not just uh, you know Marvel characters that we're readily we're readily recognize, but I mean we're talking about maybe Blue Marvel, you know, who or I, yeah. integrate the X Men into the MCU. Oh yeah, that's coming. Bro. I don't know. That's it might coming. be too soon because they they filmed. They filmed Infinity War and Endgame before the, the merger, so I don't know. I mean, now, right? Yeah, that, yeah. Now, I mean, it is possible that they could, you know, whip up a scene right quick. Maybe because you know, Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix is coming out this year, right. so maybe somehow the Phoenix tears open a uh, a portal to the MCU, and then they. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just well. I th- well, I think the other thing that we have to really understand, and this is the third thing that I was kind of getting at was that there's still a lot of the Marvel Universe that's going to be explored off of the planet Earth during Phase 2. And a lot of the movies that we're going to see, you know, coming down the pipe are going to reflect that. We still have two empires we got to, you know, take a look at. You just mentioned the X-Men. And the Shi'ar Empire is part of that. And that is... It, for a long time, was a major um, driving force in the X Men storyline. You know, those guys were actually in space fight for those dudes. So um, you might see something like that. You definitely could see um, more from the Nova Corps, particularly. You know, when you know there may be an opportunity to reintroduce the character like Nova, for example, um, as being you know the lone last person representing the Nova Corps. And I think you saw a little glimpse and pieces, you know, bits and pieces of it during the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, du- you know, double 
um, where you saw what the Nova Corps was. You saw them get wiped out first, then they rebuilt. Now they're going to get wiped out again. Probably got wiped out again during the decimation. So there's ample opportunity for that. I think, you know, you know, for all intents and purposes, there are a lot of possibilities. Personally, um, if those dudes, you know, put together an origin story for Blue Marvel and Monica Rambo as Photon or as or as Spectrum, that would be dope. Uh, I mean, because there's just so much depth to both of them, and there's, I mean, they're quite literally. Um, their origin stories and the social commentary that goes along with them is plug and play. I mean, you can quite literally do an origin origin story and even think about it, and it can really um, relate to audiences now. So, so um, I'm, I'm gonna throw out a curveball. So, so you all know at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy two, they kind of they introduced kind of Adam Warlock, and I know in the comic in the in the Infinity Gauntlet comic series he was very instrumental <laughs> in that yeah. in that storyline so i wonder if maybe he'll somehow have a role it, it, the movie's three hours long right so oh, i wonder <laughs> if yeah. maybe they'll incorporate adam warlock because you, you know since you said they might introduce some new characters all right this might be a perfect time to introduce adam warlock so i don't know maybe yeah and i, I think that's a very i think that's a very astute observation um, I mean, honestly, they could do anything from introduce Limbo <laughs> to, you know, introduce Kane the Conqueror as a new villain. You know what I'm saying? There's just that much, that, there's just that much leeway. To do I don't think we're going to get a new villain in this movie until the end credit scene. Right. I, I mean, mean well, well, the, yeah, I think that's, I, I think mean, how do you, good. how do you beat Thanos though? I mean, how do you beat a guy? I mean, how do you get? How do you have a better or more fearsome enemy than someone who snapped literally half the universe out of existence? Like, how well, do you beat he that? Was, he's, not, he's not violent, so that's the thing. The, he, he has a fatal flaw. Like, he's not, he's a sympathetic villain. He's not like, I don't look at Thanos as like the worst villain. I think he's the most powerful villain, but he's not the worst villain. Uh, I, you know, they're gonna, like, the, the X-Men are gonna be dealing with the Sinister Six. Like, like, those dudes are bad. Like, Thanos yeah. just wants balance. Well, yeah, yeah, he wants balance, but yeah, he's trying to—he's doing all this for his main squeeze depth too. Well, so, at least in the comics. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's kind of. He doesn't know that that's why he's doing it. Like he doesn't realize that he's under the spell. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying, man, that's kind of stalkerish, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, he just—he just, you know, killed off half of the universe. You know. To get this chick's attention, that's just like really stalkerish, you know. But it goes without saying. Let's we'll, we'll go back to that later. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I mean all of those theories are really really good, and I think that's part of the fun of being able to have sessions like these like these where we can speculate, you know, what the directors are are going to do and how they're going to you know keep audiences on the edge of their seats. Which they already, I mean, just from the pre-sales alone of the tickets, you know, I mean, you can't even get on a website on Fandango to get a ticket. You just can't. You know, I mean, you, I mean, you might be able to sneak on there on, on off-peak hours to, to, to buy a ticket now, but it, during the course of business, it's just, it's, 
yeah, I mean, you're going to get that nice little, okay, we're, um, we're down sign or the 404 error or you never know. But, man, man, I bet they probably already made back the cost of the movie already, <laughs> just from pre just from pre ticket sales. Well, if there's I one, I thing be surprised. Didn't have to worry about is this movie making money, no matter what the budget was. You knew you were gonna make some money on this one. Yeah. Now, on another note, I'm gonna tell you what was kind of depressing after watching these series of trailers was holding out hope that you know that my girl Shuri and uh, and uh, the Queen yeah. Mom and the Queen Mother was still alive. And, you know, seeing the final couple of trailers and seeing her up on, the, you know, up on the missing board like a milk carton or something, that, that did it. I was just like, man, that's not, that's not cool. But they're all coming back. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, if, all yeah. the dusty cats is coming back. Like, I don't know who, how they're going to end the people that need to end, but it ain't going to be because of Thanos' snap. They undoing that, for sure. Just because we know that there's another Black Panther movie, although they can get around that because Shuri wore the suit one time, but I don't think that they're going to do that this early. Um, and then they have another Spider-Man movie. That's already coming out. Now, granted, they could say it's a timeline thing, but it just doesn't make sense for them to do it like that chronologically. Well, I mean, the entire lineup, I mean, there's just a, you know, a veritable smorgasbord of, of movies planned. You know, in terms of sequels, you know, you know, there's going to be another Captain Marvel movie. You know that there's going to be another Avengers. They can do ten Captain Marvel movies before they even get to 2015. No, yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, they've they've planned this out. You know, I mean, almost a decade in advance. So, I mean, unless you know something really unforeseen happens or you know, a meteorite just, you know, just comes out of the sky and hits the studios that they that they film in or and just kills everybody off, you're you're gonna see lots of movies. <laughs> and and lots of really, really good story development. So, Which is, so that's why I say I say they, they dusted too many people for me to like for me to believe that they're gonna stay dusty. You know what I'm saying? So, like, <laughs> had they dusted Captain America and uh, Tony Stark and like the people that I could see them, they they might not ever make another Ant Man movie, and everybody would be okay with that. So, wow. dust the people, dust the people that you can dust and let us believe that you might not make another movie of them, but don't dust the people that we know it's another movie coming, because we know you gotta find a way to bring these people back, and you're not just gonna bring back some of them, you're gonna undust these cats. I mean, I think I'm most, a, I think it was more so just a shock value. I mean, oh, I think sure. they, I mean, they I'm, know, they know we ain't stupid. Like, <laughs> it's just seeing that at the moment, seeing like Black Panther and like oh, I, all the... I gasped audibly at the theater. I, oh. <laughs> oh man, dude, I don't even want to relive that trauma, man. For real. I think I said no I'm... out loud when I saw T'Challa go dusty. I think I said dude, no out loud. Bruh, I still remember the collective groan in the theater when that happened. And when and Peter, that little that little scene, Mrs. Stark, Mrs. Stark, I don't know why he didn't just instant dust. He get the dust all fade away slowly and have his uh, Oscar moment. But <laughs> Mrs. Stark, am I getting dusty, but... Mr. Stark? Yeah, kid, you you dusty as a mug, dog. So I got 
I gotta say, man, Dominique throwing that low key shade at Ant Man like he's a good boy. <laughs> <laughs> one low key, listen. Good movies are good movies, and the first Ant Man was decent, but the second one was just it was real. It was be- it was watchable. That's all it was. It, it was watchable. watchable. It was one of the movies. It was I mean, a movie that like- they put out to fill in the gap in story between uh, one movie and another. It's like he low key calling the B, the B you know the B plus the B plus player on the on the Avengers team, dude. It's kind of. It's kind of. Watch this. He's gonna be the key to the whole thing. Watch this. <laughs> Insane, man. It's like a. It's like that's that was. I like that. That was casual shade. That mm-hmm. was very, very. That was very, very covert shade that you tossed. That it has to do it. So like so so I just wonder though. All right. So the other Avengers, they basically have a reason to like be mad at Thanos, but like Captain Marvel, like why is she? I mean. What motivation, other than to save the universe, I guess. But, like, what, <laughs> I mean, what, does she have a personal, like, emotional reason to really yeah. hate Thanos yeah. for what he did? I don't know. Uh, uh, Nick, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Yeah. I mean, Nick Fury. I guess. But, like, she knew him for, like, a day. And then, like. <laughs> yeah, real close. And it hasn't been that long. Uh, I mean, it's only been, like, 20 years. But she's, like, you know, a being that's going to live for a very long time. So it's like a. You know what I mean? Also, she's a she's a hero, so you know, woman of her word and whatnot. Also, I guarantee you that dust either hit Rambo or Rambo's little girl. Well, well, let's clarify something. Um, Ram- Monica Rambo's little girl is probably going to be, if they do the character development and they introduce the character, that's going to be Spectrum, not the mom. Uh, the mom. You know, Monica, you know, I think what the directors did was, you know, they kind of used her to introduce the character or rather to plant that seed for folks that are familiar with the character. And then, you know, some time is going to pass. I'm thinking that, you know, she got dusted, the mom get, mom did, and that's where you're going to see, you know, that development start. So you think they're they going to make a movie about Spectrum? <sighs> they could. I, I don't see it. She was never I, an I, Avenger, right? Yes, she was. Okay, um, well, she could just be one of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah, you're right. She could be a Phase Two Avenger. Right, and and I think that's what I'm that's kind of what I'm kind of getting at is that, you know, between you know Marvel Ultimate and regular Marvel storylines, there's just so many possibilities in terms of how they can integrate these characters, you know, new characters. Like I said, you know, just using going back to Blue Marvel and using him as an example, that dude went went toe-to-toe with the Sentry. And not just toe-to-toe, but he was giving the Sentry those hands, man, like Tyson-like, and, you know, putting him to sleep. <laughs> He's arguably one of, the mo- one of the most powerful characters that people don't know about in the, you know, in the, in the Marvel Universe in terms of comic canon. But he really doesn't have the visibility of others. Simply because, you know, they, the folks that, I think if Kirby had been drawing him a lot more and had been the focal point in terms of pushing the story, he probably would have a little bit more visibility. But his, again, his story, um, his origin story is tailor-made, you know, and not only is it tailor-made, there's a, there's so, there's a lot of social commentary to it that's very relevant. You know, if you're familiar with his backstory, you know, dude was a hero. Dude was, you know, 
the planet's hero, essentially, during the 50s and 60s. And, you know, the U.S. government forced him to step down when the American public found out that he was black, you know. And uh, that was the main reason. He was, he was always, you know, very resentful of it. And a lot of the X-Men storylines that came from it, like, you know, mutant, you know, mutant, not mutant registration, but a lot of the precursors to the, the, the discrimination that X-Men comics have normally depicted come from that, you know, that genesis, that storyline. Like Benjamin Trask and, and those cats are in the same timeline. So, um, it's, like I said, it's a, there's a lot of directions that, that people that these guys can go in terms of not just introducing um, characters, but telling brand new stories and tying them into what we already know, and that's pretty. That's what's really exciting about it. Well, on that note, it was uh, it's time to time to wrap up. But so I guess as as parting parting words, last words. I don't know. What character do you want to see? Like, what character from the comics do you want to see in the MCU the most? Starting yeah. with. Oh, Gambit. Oh yeah, uh, I like it. I mean, outside of Blue Marvel, I think yeah, I think Gambit's Gambit's story would be, you know, very easily translatable. But I think the other thing, the main thing about that is how the X Men translates translate into this universe, because. Um, and I know they're not gonna do it. I know they're not gonna do it. But I really want to see Riri Williams as Iron Man. Just Awesome, 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 like New York will kind of, like we gonna be acting a fool at the theater again, just like well, it was. Uh, 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 well, I'll tell, well, I'll tell you this: the next Iron Man, the next Iron Man character, or whoever's gonna take up the mantle, is probably gonna be a woman. But we're probably, but I think, as much as we would love to see Riri Williams, um, you know, immediately take up the mantle, I think you're gonna probably see rescue. Um, you, think so? you think so? That's uh, pepper, that's pepper, pepper, pepper pots. I mean, um, I know she's, I know she's in in uh, Endgame, but you think? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Gwyneth Paltrow is going to keep playing Pepper. Well, they can sneak her out, honestly. Yeah, I mean, and and quite honestly, they yeah, I know Pepper has Pepper's kind of been. I mean, Gwyneth Paltrow's be kind of become synonymous with that, but that makes the most sense. Simply because I don't know if that makes the most sense because they already Riri Williams' name has already been mentioned in the MCU. Wait, where? Oh, where? Yeah, where? where, where uh, yeah. Let me find it and I'll get back to you. I'm pretty sure I might be making that up. <laughs> is that is sure that like up. is that like uh, hopeful? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I saw it, man. I'm pretty sure I saw it in one of the movies. Uh, God, let me see if I man Google will know. Hey Google. Uh, I don't seriously, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Did any of y'all Google's turn on? Really? No, I, I, I have an iPhone, remember? But uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I don't. I mean, I'm googling it now, but I don't see it. No, nah, they say yeah. there's a film. There's a film in development for her, but it doesn't say that she's ever been mentioned. Yeah, I. If if that happens during phase two. It's well, there's there, there asked, there's a rumor that she's actually gonna be in event in this Avengers. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know about that one. Yeah, 
Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that it's I mean, that's a, that makes more sense. It makes more sense to have a young black woman in there than Gwyneth Paltrow. But makes what, more sense. So, so wait. So, so to that point, what if they, you know, what if they use the the quantum realm to like jump to different realities, and in one reality, Iron Man is Riri. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> man see now my they can do works. it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I, as much as I would love to see that I just think that the you know the Ironheart, yeah, yeah the Ironheart character you know in canon is still um, people are still getting used to that you know black folk love it and we should but I think ultimately it's you, still which one do you think they're gonna get over quicker? Uh, Black Iron Man or Black Captain America? That's the one the white folks ain't gonna have. Well, they already have. What, I mean, Black Captain America? Sam, yeah, Sam Wilson. He uh, he's it's already in the comics. I don't yeah, think they have a problem with that. Comic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so is Riri. I'm saying oh. they not they don't want to see that. That's not something they happy well, about. <laughs> well, I'll say well, I'll say this. For most of the folks that that see that and are familiar with comic book canon. Will will accept that a little bit more because they've seen it in canon. Um, general audiences, you know, are a little bit different. You know, most of most of the hate is going to come from the folks that are comic heads, and that are going to be like, well, this isn't going according to canon. Blah 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 blah. It, that's that's where your criticism is going to come from. But honestly, I think, I mean, frankly, I'd be happy if they did it. You know, if they, you know, if they took a chance and, and really did a good job of introducing Riri Williams to take up the mantle, not, if not in Endgame, but in the next Iron Man movie where, you know, um, Downey's not playing in it and they depict, you know, um, Tony Stark biting the bullet and this guy and, you know, Riri taking the mantle. That could very well happen. I don't know, but how do they? How do they? Because in the in, in canon, Tony Stark hands the mantle. She doesn't take it. No, no. Well, that's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> She's not taking the mantle. No, what, what I'm saying, saying is, if if Tony Stark dies in four, if Tony Stark dies in Endgame without Riri being mentioned in Endgame, then I don't know that how they bring, how they justify. Like you know, but I don't know. I'm not a art writer, and I'm going to like it whatever they do. Because uh, I didn't, I didn't see how they were gonna do, um, how they were gonna make civil war happen because of how that happened in the comic books. You know, in the comic books, it was the the New Mutants that set that off, and you know, for reasons of business, they could not have any. You can't even say the word mutant, much less have a whole. So like, so like the irony is that it was Scarlet Witch who 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 did it and in the comments Scarlet yeah. Witch is a mutant. <laughs> so yeah, it kind exactly. of <laughs> Yeah, it's that's true, true. That's but true. it wasn't Scarlet Witch that that did it in the uh comic book. Well, well, well right. no no, I know. I'm just saying like Yeah, and see and that's That's exactly how they got around it. <laughs> right. And that's, that's true. Kind of what I, You're right. That's kind of what I'm getting at in terms of the leeway that the directors of the MCU have in terms of weaving, you know, multiple storylines from comics together to create their a customized storyline for you know a viewing audience. So, yeah, all of those scenarios are quite possible. <laughs> we just don't know. Um, I think the big thing is is that a lot of us have our favorites in terms of wishful thinking and in terms of who we love to see. Me personally, I'd love to see Blue Marvel. Love to see Blue Marvel. Love to see the Century. Um, particularly those two. 
because those guys are, you know, those guys are heavy hitters and they're off the charts heavy hitters. Like, you know, some of the most powerful character, you know, characters in the MCU. Um, now, one thing that I will say, and I know Dave is about to, we're about to finish up, so I'll just offer this and, you know, let Dave do the closing. <laughs> um, we're going to definitely see more reference to the Celestials in this movie. How? I'm not sure. But we've, we've already seen hints of them from the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, and according to canon, and I say this loosely, according to canon, you know, we see the Living Tribunal and all that, and all of those entities involved in the, in the Infinity Saga. So how, you know, how much of that they're going to include in this, we, we don't know, but it's entirely possible. And I think it's very likely that we see some reference to them. I mean, it's interesting because the, um, I mean, they, like, there's three times where they kind of sort of reference. I mean, one is obviously Doctor Strange when he's using, using the, uh, the staff of the Living Tribunal. And then two, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy, when they go to nowhere, like nowhere is inside of the of the head of a of an eternal or something like that, and then like of course in Guardians of the Galaxy two, ego, uh, Peter Quill's father is uh, an eternal. An eternal. So they're there. <laughs> it's just a matter of how are, how are they going to weave them and like that. That made so many questions. Like does does Thanos snap affect the Eternals? Like I don't know, but uh, because we do we do, we do need to go. But uh, I, I have like so many questions about how that snap actually works with all the other cosmic beings in the MCU. But uh, yeah, like you can't you can't snap away Sky, uh, Silver Surfer. You can't snap away Galactus. Yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of what. Oh, I, I want to see Galactus. Oh, that's who I want to see. Yeah. That I want to see Galactus. That's who I want. Like a real Galactus, not that fake, yeah. not that weak thing they did on on the Fantastic Four. But, yeah, uh, that's trash. Just, just, just straight trash. Sacrilege. Trash. Disrespectful um, to a world eater. Basically. Yeah, tell me about it. But I think that's the good thing about the merger is that all of those characters are now on the table and on the board to be introduced. Not necessarily now, you know, in the very first movie to introduce Phase 2, but as Phase 2 continues, I can see a lot of those characters being, you know, introduced. Uh, and particularly Silver Surfer, you know, Galacticus, um, Galactus rather, excuse me. Um, those guys are a very big part of the Marvel Universe, um, particularly the part of the Marvel Universe that doesn't inc- involve Earth. They're a very, very big part of it. So, you know, I see them showing up in a big way sooner than later. I think they're going to do Secret Wars next, honestly. Like, I, so that's what I thought, and that's what I still kind of hope for. But like the way they portrayed the scrolls and Captain America, I mean Captain Marvel, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that, that was trash. I don't, I'm like, uh, I mean, I get what they were going <laughs> yeah. for, but it's like I was kind of hoping they would utilize the whole shape shift into anybody kind of thing. Like that's a really good well, plot point that they could have utilized a little bit better in that movie, I think. Well, the thing that bothered me about Captain Marvel, and this is one of the very few criticisms that I have in the movie was the fact that they depicted the scrolls in a very um, non-antagonistic way. Meaning that, you know... They made them look like uh, good guys. Yeah, they made them look like refugee, you know, refugees that were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Away from 
pre-oppression, and this is the only reason why they were doing things like that. And they didn't have Super Scroll in the movie at all. No. Nope. And I, and like I said, I think the main reason main reason behind that was that the you know the origin story for Captain Marvel was an introduction on a lot of levels. It was an introduction to the Kree. It was an introduction to the Scrolls. And, you know, besides oh. it being an introduction... Yeah, my phone, my bad. Um, Somebody's just happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not checking the scores right now, dude. <laughs> um, but uh, I think the one thing about the origin story for Captain Marvel um, was that it wasn't just an origin story for her, but a very brief introduction to all of those elements for viewers. So I think there are so many things that were kind of left open-ended at the very end of um, Captain Marvel in a good way that it leaves a lot of flexibility for the directors to really develop those elements, to develop, you know, the, you know how the scrolls evolve from evidently a very benevolent, you know, and downtrodden people to to the sinister folks that we see in ter- see in terms of, of secret invasion, or you know there are a lot of a lot of things that we can see happening in terms of those scenarios and those story arcs for those particular character elements. So you know it's going to be really cool to see. Well, as we uh, as we close, uh, please remember that to follow us on Twitter at the Black Techies. Facebook, facebook.com slash theblacktechies, and of course, uh, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review, please, on iTunes, because it really helps. In fact, I need to go see if anyone wrote any other reviews, but yes, please leave a review, because it, uh, the critic, not almost hate criticism, the, the construction, constructive criticism <laughs> helps us uh, a lot to improve, and so we, re- we really want to make sure that we have some quality content out there for you but we need to know how we're doing so please leave a review on itunes and of course tell your family tell your friends to subscribe and uh outside of that um dominique would you like to close us out well you know uh unfortunately uh we put a little too much faith into uh into a man into a white man into a man that was probably a conservative man uh really? black 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 black, <laughs> black, 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 black. <laughs> and uh you know it didn't happen and that's okay because we're all okay still and the world hasn't happened yet uh yeah he doesn't get to pick when that is so is everybody just go to sleep soundly tonight wake up tomorrow to be your best version of yourself uh and just you know tomorrow guess what we're closer and closer to that dude not being in the office hell wakanda (laughs) hell wakanda